It's Wednesday, December the 16th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist, sponsored by Raytheon Technologies. Coming up, forced labour in China and another vaccine set for approval. First, the world in brief. More than 500,000 people in the Xinjiang region of China are being used as forced labour to pick cotton, according to a report by the Centre for Global Policy, a think tank. The figure implies there are more coerced workers in the region than previously thought. Most of the labourers are Uyghurs or members of other ethnic minorities. Xinjiang supplies a fifth of the world's cotton. Chile's navy, meanwhile, is monitoring 11 Chinese fishing vessels within its exclusive economic zone. They are part of a larger fleet of more than 400 boats, which Oceana, a conservation group, accuses of pillaging squid off the Galapagos Islands. Last month, Chile, Colombia, Ecuador and Peru announced they would collaborate to prevent, discourage and jointly confront illegal fishing in their waters. And MSCI became the third index provider to drop several Chinese companies from its benchmark emerging markets indices. The decision, which will take effect on January 5th, follows the Trump administration's ban in November on American investors holding stakes in businesses which it says have ties to the Chinese military. Those jettisoned include SMIC, China's biggest chipmaker. President-elect Joe Biden nominated Pete Buttigieg, one of his former rivals for the Democratic presidential nomination, to be Transportation Secretary. If confirmed by the Senate, he will be America's first openly gay cabinet member. Meanwhile, after weeks of declining to acknowledge Mr Biden's victory, Mitch McConnell congratulated him. The Republican leader in the Senate is a staunch ally of Donald Trump. America's Food and Drug Administration found a COVID-19 vaccine produced by Moderna to be 94% effective. The regulator's analysis could mean it will receive emergency authorization as early as tomorrow. The vaccine must be transported at minus 20 degrees Celsius, substantially higher than the minus 75 degrees Celsius required for Pfizer's, the only one currently approved for use in the country. Two of Britain's most well-respected medical journals, the BMJ and Health Service Journal, urged the government not to ease coronavirus restrictions for the five days over the Christmas break, saying that the rules should be tightened instead. The request comes a day after a new variant of the coronavirus was identified as spreading rapidly in some parts of England. And Hungary's parliament passed a law in effect banning same-sex couples from adopting children. The measure requires single people to get government permission, closing a loophole previously used by those in gay relationships. Married people may adopt without permission, but Hungary's constitution forbids same-sex weddings. Lawmakers also formally defined a family as a union of male and female parents. And now, here's today's agenda. Third time lucky? Extractive industry transparency. America's Securities and Exchange Commission is due to vote today on a rule that would force oil, gas and mining companies to disclose their payments to foreign governments, thereby, it is hoped, curbing corruption in a notoriously grubby industry. Twice before, the watchdog has tried and failed to enact the provision, a requirement of the Dodd-Frank Financial Reform Law of 2010. The first time, an oil industry lobby group defeated it in court. The second, Republicans pulled the rule after winning control of the Senate. The latest version is the most business-friendly, allowing payments information to be aggregated at a national level rather than reporting individual contracts. Anti-corruption campaigners are not pleased. Should it pass, the rule will leave American firms somewhere between rivals in Europe and Canada, which face stricter transparency rules, modelled on Dodd-Frank, and those in Russia and China, which are as opaque as the stuff they pump and dig from the ground. 
Argentina. Recovery, so they say. Argentina's government will welcome third-quarter GDP numbers today, alongside a lower monthly inflation report, as evidence that a recovery is finally underway. GDP is expected to have rebounded by about 9% in the third quarter, after a 16% contraction in the second. Inflation, meanwhile, fell in November from an annual figure of 37% in October. Martin Guzman, the economy minister, said these figures would lay the foundation for 2021 to be a good year of economic growth, after an expected decline of 11 to 12% in 2020. He also stressed that the battle against inflation is critical, given rising unemployment, falling industrial output and soaring poverty rates, now almost half the population. IMF sources monitoring Argentina's progress as the fund renegotiates its record $44 billion debt point to data showing almost every industrial sector contracting in October. The IMF expects Argentina's GDP shrinkage to be the region's highest this year, apart from Venezuela's and Peru's. Wiring home for Christmas Remittances and the Philippines Churchgoers in the predominantly Christian Philippines are today attending the first of nine nightly services in observance of Christmas. Worship and other Filipino Christmas customs such as shopping, office parties and family gatherings will be curbed drastically by the pandemic. But there are portents that Filipinos can observe as usual another Christmas tradition, spending the seasonal surge in remittances from the millions of their compatriots working abroad. Remittances have been mysteriously resilient in the face of global job losses caused by the pandemic. In the first 10 months of 2020, Filipinos abroad sent home $27.35 billion, only 1% less than in the corresponding period in 2019. Paradoxically, the resilience may be a result of the job losses. One plausible explanation for the mystery is that many Filipinos abroad are sending home not their pay, but their savings and compensation for being laid off, in advance of their homecoming, flights permitting. A Persian powder keg. The Iran nuclear deal. A group of diplomats known as the Joint Commission meet today to consider the future of the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action, a crumbling nuclear deal signed between Iran and six powers in 2015 and repudiated by President Donald Trump three years later. President-elect Joe Biden has said he intends to rejoin the deal after taking office. On Monday, Iran's president said that his country would immediately return to compliance in that case. Iran has piled up enriched uranium in response to Mr Trump's sanctions. The Joint Commission will aim to keep things steady until then. But the mood is febrile. Last month, suspected Israeli assassins killed the leading Iranian scientist, prompting Iran's parliament to demand further nuclear expansion. And on Monday, Mr Trump's administration imposed sanctions on two Iranian officials for their role in the abduction and death of a former FBI agent in Iran in 2007. Mr. Biden will inherit a powder keg. Tale of two forecasts. The Fed meets. The economic outlook has bifurcated since the Federal Reserve's interest rate setters last met in early November. The rollout of a COVID-19 vaccine has greatly improved the prospects for 2021. But the virus has meanwhile run rampant in America, causing the recovery in the labour market to slow almost to a halt. The Fed must also grapple with continuing uncertainty about what fiscal stimulus, if any, Congress will soon approve. At the end of their meeting today, policymakers are likely to offer more guidance about how their policy, and in particular their purchase of assets with newly created money, 
will vary with the health of the economy next year and beyond. They may also tilt their purchases towards longer-term bonds, which most economists think would provide more support to growth. But monetary policy takes time to work, meaning the Fed is ill-placed to help the economy or the jobless through the winter. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Philip K. Dick, who was born on this day in 1928. Reality is that which when you stop believing in it, it doesn't go away. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. Thank you.